episode 96. I'm Forrest Hall. This is Real Church Matters, where we talk real church matters because real church matters. Housekeeping. RealChurchMatters.com is the website. You can search Real Church Matters on your podcast app, or you can search it on SoundCloud and you'll find the podcast. Please listen, subscribe, like, do all of that stuff. As a special note for those Apple users, now you can tell Siri that you want to listen to the Real Church Matters podcast and she'll pull it up. So simply all you have to say is, Siri, play the latest episode of Real Church Matters podcast. And if you're already listening, you can also interrupt it and say, Siri, subscribe to this podcast and she will. So for all of you people that say you don't know how to subscribe or you don't know how to listen to it, just let Siri do all the work. Thank you, Siri. Also, for those of you who would like to give Patreon, it's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Real Church Matters. We appreciate it. There's subscriptions and fees and costs for equipment. You guys make it a lot easier to kind of connect with and up the quality of the production and also get nice prizes to you. So we appreciate it. Shout out to each and every person that's given. Lastly, you can follow us on social media. It's Real Church Matters for all of them except for Twitter, which is Real Church MTTRS. That concludes the housekeeping. I think I knocked that out quick. I probably knocked it out faster because I didn't have Charity interrupting me. (laughs) Shout out to Charity. At this time, I want to remind you all that it's obedience over audience. Always and forever. Now, episode 96. I got a special guest in here with me today. Special guest? What's your name? Solomon Thomas. Solomon Thomas. My nephew. My nephew who's 13 now. Yep. <laughs> and you're looking at me like I'm crazy because you never saw me do this stuff before. Yes. <laughs> you never saw me do any of this, right? Yep. Have you even heard the podcast before? Nope. This is... I didn't know you even had a podcast. You didn't know you did I have one. And then when I heard you say episode 96, I was like, wait, episode 96? Yeah, I've been doing this since 2017, bro. What? And I haven't even heard a single thing about it. Shame on your mother. (laughs) (laughs) But you're going to hear about it now, right? Well, yeah, since I'm on the podcast now. You're on the podcast, but you're going to go back at episode one and work your way down. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else? Uh, tell them a little about yourself. Tell them. Tell them. Well, um, like my uncle said, I'm 13 years old. I turned 13 on, um, let's say, uh, I'm not going to do the math, but yeah, I'm 13. <laughs> and I'm going to th- turn 14 in about like five, yeah, five months. Jeez. Yeah. I am in middle school, eighth grade, Matter Woman Middle School, and I'm going to be in high school next year. Yeah. <laughs> you sound pretty pumped about that. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> pumped. Next stage of my life. Next stage of your life. Excellent. And that's why you're here. Episode 96 is called Perfect Attendance. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I've been holding off talking to you about it all day because I didn't want to go into my uh, little rant early on. But let's jump into it now. Perfect Attendance is not so much talking about you going to school on time, and every day. This is a different type of perfect attendance. This is a type where 
a lot of people, not just you as a young person, but as an older person, we struggle with focus. We struggle focusing. And I think that this is a perfect time since I have you with me for the weekend. Yep. And I'm sharing and teaching you about focus. I wanted to make sure that we share this with a bunch of adults because they probably need to hear our talks as well. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so everything about focus is the driving force to our successes, not just from a secular level, like your businessmen or your creatives. They really focus in on what they do. They don't, they don't mess up or skip over the simple, small things. They are so engaged in it that it's almost second nature. And so we were talking about how you can focus better in school and how we have the situation where as much as you are at school, your mind has to be equally there. And when we take it to being a Christian, our beliefs can help us in that. Because if we, can't, if we can be in school, but not there mentally, and so we lack focus and we have mistakes and we waste mm-hmm. our time. Mm-hmm. It's the same way we can come to church and be there, but also be somewhere else and miss what we should be focusing on. And so the word attend shows up in the Bible so much, but it is in a different way than we use it. When they say to attendance, the teacher is checking to see if you're there, but there's no way to check to see if you're actually they're there. Yeah. The teacher could just call out your name and say Solomon, and you'll be like, what? Present. Present. Even though your mind could be on Somewhere something else. Yeah. else. So while you're physically present, you're not. Yeah. And so we mess up. It's not that you want to get bad grades, right? Yeah. Especially you being a straight A student. I thought it was interesting that you had a not so great grade. Yeah. But part of that, even when I was asking you, was you, you really didn't know yourself how you got to this situation. And a lot of people are actually failing in life. And they don't know how they got to that situation. And really, it's because a lack of focus. focus. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, focus. Well, when I think about focus, I think about like, Somebody giving like their whole entire attention to reach a goal, to reach a point where they want to be, that they, they really want to be. So in terms of focusing, say, academically, somebody who's doing all their homework, studying where something's wrong, they get tutoring or they study even harder. And I'm in eighth grade. Next year is high school. If this, High school is going to be way, way more strict, way more harder. And it's something that people like me who are who are also in their last year of middle school, something that we have to um, adapt to. Adapt to the fact that this is middle school. You th- if you thought it was hard here, just wait till you get to high school. Wait till you have like four years of high school that you had to like fly, like fly by, like go right, go right through it. And it's just like, wow. And the second, and I know I'm probably, I don't have any experience of going into high school, but I'm pretty, I have two, I have two cousins who do. And I have also a cousin that's going to call, who is in college trying yeah. to be a nurse and I'm pretty sure if I asked them they would probably tell me like yeah they would probably tell me it'd be really difficult way way a, a, a level way higher than what middle school is because if I thought it was hard if I thought it was difficult if I thought I wasn't ready for it 
high school is going to be another level. And focus is something that you're going to have to have. Like you said before, like it's so easy for the teacher to call out your name to say present. It's, it's so easy for you to say present. But then the rest of the class just flies by and you don't know a single thing because you didn't put 0% of your attention, 0% of your whole entire perception to any of all of what you're supposed to be learning or doing. Right. And I think that you, as you always do, so eloquently explained literally what the problem is. And so now what I need to do <laughs> is explain to you how we can fix that. Because a lot of times it is a tricky thing where we can actually know presently in our minds what's wrong. You can know, hey, it's a focus issue, but how do we focus? And what I realized and what I think that you referenced to your cousins who are in high school, and I'm going to tell you this, there isn't much of a difference curriculum or teaching-wise middle school from high school. People think it is. But really what happens is we change. How, when we change, we grow. We are becoming teenagers. So some of the distractions that we had in middle school aren't the same distractions we have in high school. It's a doubly tough situation because now as you're growing, you're being aware of more things. The more things you're aware of, the more things can distract you from the thing you should only be aware of. And for yeah. us as believers, because you're not just a, a straight A student. That's not my goal for you. My goal for you is to be a straight A student of God's word. That you are have perfect attendance to his word, not just a straight A student in school. And so how do we balance that? Because you're, if you're having a hard time focusing, as you said, academically, how hard is it for you to focus spiritually? And how hard is your academic and spiritual focus going to be attacked as you continue to mature into a young man and into adulthood where your biggest distraction ain't going to be the latest video game or the latest anime. It's going to start to be other things. And so if we have a job to prepare, not just you, but other adults who missed this boat. And so when they was your age, they weren't present. They didn't have perfect attendance. And so let's talk about what that really is. First of all, Proverbs is a killer chapter, a book of the Bible for people who are just getting into reading the word. One of the things that I challenge you with is that at this age, I'm not expecting you to know or understand everything about the Bible, but I am expecting you to honor the Bible, to give it respect. If you ever read something and you just tossed it down and was like, that's trash, that's boring. Have you ever did that? No, because generally when I read books, usually at the start of it, I don't really find it like entertaining. Like, oh, well, at first sight, it doesn't seem like entertaining to me. But once I really get into it, probably one of my favorite favorite um chapter books that you've ever, like, you got me this one was The Wrinkle in Time. Because mm -hmm. it, like, it had three books inside of one book. And I thought, Jesus, this is going to be... Ooh, one, one long, boring adventure. Yeah. And I read and I realize, oh man, this is actually pretty fun. This is actually yeah. pretty interesting. And so I've never really thrown a book and like, well, that's that's garbage. That's trash. Because usually the term don't judge a book by its cover is so true. And well, I've whenever I read a book, especially a chapter book, it, whether whatever topic it, whatever topic it is, whether it's something about 
the a, fan, a fantasy story or nonfiction, something that really like happened based off of some like I don't know the Holocaust or anything like that. Okay, wow. A story. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry, I'm being no, oddly no, no, specific. No, yeah, yeah. But anything like that, it's it's so easy for me. Like, to kind of latch in. Yeah, it's kind of latch. Yeah, latch in. So so for me, I, I feel like that wasn't the case. I never read. I hated reading. <laughs> I mean, as I got older, when I was younger, when I was your age, I loved reading. I spent most of my time at the library. But there was a there was this transition. Like when I got into high school, I didn't spend any time in the library. I just had other interests all of a sudden. So when it got to the time where I decided, okay, it's time to read God's word, I read it, but I never really understood everything about it. So since I didn't understand it, I didn't respect it. But a lot of times, if we could just teach you guys, as young people, that this is a special book, something to be honored, something that we should attend to, even if we don't understand it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, I remember being in ninth grade and I went to U.S. history. And in U.S. history, unlike the rest of my classes in ninth grade, the class was filled with seniors. And as soon as I came in, like, they just started in on me. And, you know, it was a very unenjoyable class. I never went back to that class the rest of the school year. When it was time to go to U.S. history, I took my behind to gym class. Everybody's gym class. It just sat under the bleachers with some comics or some type of game book and just skipped that class, let that 55 minutes fly by and went to the rest of my classes. The minute it was something that was uncomfortable or difficult or I didn't agree with or I didn't like, I disconnected from it. And I think that a lot of times as young people, you may not understand everything about the word. You know, mm-hmm. you might not understand everything where it makes sense to you, but you, I just want you to challenge you that you never disconnect. Do you know what I mean? That's what honor is about. Honor is staying connected, staying in attendance. Even though you might not understand it all, might not make sense to you, and you might not even understand what I'm saying right now. But at least, <laughs> it's, you know, it's one of those things where if I can just be present and listen, never tune out, never clock out, never check out, but stay in. Then I'm operating where I'm honoring something because it deserves my attention. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. You, let me know you get what I'm saying. What, <laughs> I get what you're saying. Okay, okay. So we have Proverbs 4 and 1 says, can you read it? Proverbs 4 and 1. Hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. So he says, hear ye children. Who is he talking to? Us. He's talking to young people. He says, the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. Not just talking about your earthly father. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also talking about your heavenly father. Mm-hmm. Attend to no understanding. Attend to no understanding. What does that word attend mean? It means to be there. It means to be there. To be, att- pay attention to. To be aware. To devote myself to. Mm-hmm. To pay attention. Mm-hmm. He says, pay attention to no understanding. If You'll never get to the place of understanding, Solomon. So ironic that your name is Solomon. And Solomon's the one who wrote Proverbs. Yes. You know? Yeah. But you'll never get to the place 
of understanding without paying attention. The same way we're sitting at a house right now, right? Yeah. How are we going to get back to your house? Well, a car. That's Typical, yeah, t- standard. Vehicle. It's, it's going to be a car. Yep. It might be my car. It might be somebody else's car. It might be an Uber. We don't know, you know. I might maybe I I just feel like sending you on an Uber. <laughs> I know, I know it's crazy, but no matter what, I can't get there just by snapping my fingers. I can't get there just by saying, Solomon, it's, I want you to go home. The words are not going to send you home. We're going to have to get in this vehicle, right? Yeah, and make our way to your house. Mm-hmm. Same way with understanding. People want to open the Bible and just say, Lord, show me your word. The same way you can't go into math class and just be like, math teacher, pump me full of knowledge. <laughs> Do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not going to yes. work. And a lot of times when I tutor kids, when they get bad grades, the first thing they say is the teacher don't know how to teach. Because they're expecting the teacher to be their vehicle to understanding, and the teacher is not. The teacher is not your vehicle to understanding. Your vehicle to understanding is paying attention. Your vehicle to understanding is attendance. He says, listen to the instruction of the Father. But listening is not the same as attendance because he said, and. Think about it. He Mm -hmm. said, hear ye children the instruction of your Father. You listen to me. You listen to your mother. You listen to your father. You listen to the pastor. Yes. You listen to the elders, the ministers. You listen to all of this. Listen to so much of it. Who who will want to listen to all of this? But you do. You're awake. You're paying attention. I mean, you're already ahead of the game with me. When I was your age, I was snoring in church. At least when I look and check on you, and I do check on you, (laughs) you're at least awake. Yeah. You know? So congrats. Kudos on that. Let's pound on that. So you already did the one part where you're at least conscious enough to hear. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. But the problem is, are you conscious enough to understand? Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you see, because if I'm sitting in church and I've been your age before, matter of fact, I, even in my 20s and much of, of my 30s, when I was in church, I was there. I could hear the pastor. But I was having my own conversation in my mind. I was doing my own things with what I was hearing or ignoring it or thinking about something else, even though I can even regurgitate or recite what he said. I heard it, check. But did I give attendance to it? Did I pay attention to it so that I can arrive to the place of understanding? That's the question. Mm, so yes. so let's, let's talk about it both ways. It's important to understand it. If I want you to be a straight A student, if I want you to be more than a straight A student, if I want you to be successful, I don't need you to pay attention to a teacher. I need you to pay attention to the truth. I need you to pay attention to the word of God. Because if you honor and pay attention to the word of God and you get that understanding, that's your passport to everything. That literally is. A college degree is not even your passport to everything. It's barely a passport to a job. There's a lot of people who have those pieces of paper. But what's going to separate you from everybody else 
is when you connect yourself to God's word, to the Father's instructions. That's that's a life hack. <laughs> it is. You know, you know what I mean? Like it's just like when you on YouTube trying to learn strategies and tips to be better at a game. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. In the game of life, this is a strategy and a tip. This is a game changer. Yeah. It is. This is this is the cheat code. This is the ultimate cheat code, bro. Yes, it is. You don't put up, down, left, right, left, right. You don't have to put that. You just put Proverbs four and one. This is, this is your cheat code, bro. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have to worry about ever not being in the right place, the right time, and doing the right thing when you start to attend, pay attention to, be present in, focus on God's word. Don't worry about the understanding. You'll get there. Remember, this is your vehicle. You'll get there. You ain't even the driver. You just need to get in the vehicle of paying attention. And when you tap the driver, the person that's up in that driver's seat is who? God. God. Through his Holy Spirit. Leading and guiding you to all truth. That's what the scripture says. Right? Yep. Let's go a little further because we having fun. I'm, th- this is good. This, yes. is, it, is it good to you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. Proverbs 4 and 20 says, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. See, he's telling us now another way to articulate this. It's the same thing. Same as the 4 and 1. He just says another way in 4 and 20, which I think is helps us to enhance it. He's saying, incline your ear unto my saints. He's he's telling us that there's an act that's happening with this physical ear, right? Yes. That also has a mental component. When he's saying incline, he's telling us lean to or lean forward to. Do you get what I'm saying? When something's interesting, we lean forward to it. When something's not and we're repulsed by it, we lean away from it. Away from it. He's saying, I want you to lean into this thing. I want this to be something interesting to you. What did you say? We came back from the movies. You said, man, I know we got to do a podcast, but I hope there's time for me to sketch on the iPad. Right? Yeah. You really like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uncle has all the tech, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. So you had the situation where as a... Uh, as a kid, it's easy for us to incline our ear to the things that interest us. He's not even concerned if this interests you. A lot of people are trying to find something interesting about the word. We don't have to find anything interesting about it. We just have to know that we need to lean ourselves into it. Same way in math class, you might not enjoy math. Might be your least favorite subject. What is your favorite subject for those science. who may want to know? Science? Yep, science. Science may be easier for you to incline your ear to. You might lean yourself into it. You want to know more about it. Yeah, I do. But all the other subjects deserve the same attention. Yes, they do. And so does God's word. You know, you have to make time for it. That's what uncle is telling you. You got to make time for God's word in your day. Before you go to bed, it, you're, you're maturing now. So where you started off with now I lay me down to sleep, now you got to make sure you're doing a little bit more than that. You got to make time to do what? Read the word. Read the word. You getting this. I like that. You're really getting this. But that's the cool part of this, right? 
mm-hmm. is that you understand that this is not about how you feel. A lot of people are trying to feel about the Bible the way they feel about a wrinkle in time. <laughs> yeah. And it's not going to it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. It's not I'm going to I don't need to find enjoyment in God's word, but I do need to find the the place in my heart to be present in it. That's honor. God doesn't want you to be entertained. He wants you to give honor. The same way you might not like what your parents got to say, but you got to honor it. Yeah, I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember being a kid. I remember your age and just spending time with you kind of taking me through a time machine. And I remember when my dad wanted me to take the trash out. And I always would wait till the last second. And then it would be night. And I, he'd open the back door and he said, go on out there to take it out. You should have took it out earlier when the sun was out. Now it's nighttime. You can see the cats, the stray cats, the Baltimore cats. You can see the Baltimore rats. They just running around. They scurrying around. I'm moving towards the alley. I'm looking back and saying, I don't want to do this. I'm crying. And my dad said, this is your job. You're going to do it. Why don't my sisters have to do it? This is your job. And you need to do it. And if you don't like doing it now, then do it earlier. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. That's the, the thing is, we, we attend to people's words. We can't make it a secondary thing. Oh, I forgot. That's not a person that, that was present in what I was saying. Yes. Uh, haven't I been challenging you on that? Yep. Because we forget the things that we aren't present in. We don't forget the things that we're not that we're part of, right? Yeah. This is why uh, all of this is important, whether you feel that way or not, whether you enjoy it or not. Just want you to see how powerful it is, and you can take this principle and not just perform it in the classroom, but everywhere. You go, right? Yeah. Are you yawning? What, what's going yeah, that on? Was, that was a yawn. I was just stretching. I was just stretching. Okay, okay. You, I thought you were tired. No? No, I'm not tired. <laughs> okay. You good? You good? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. not boring you? You're not boring me. Okay, okay. Proverbs 5 and 1 says, My son, what? Attend unto my wisdom and bow thine ear to my understanding. Look at that. Now he's telling us another way. He's saying, attend to the wisdom. This, there's an important part of this that we have to understand. We have to respect God's word as wisdom. Remember, we don't even need to respect it as entertaining. We don't need to respect it as something that's profound or powerful in an inspirational way. Let's get down to the brass, the brass simple tax of it is that we need to understand this word is wisdom. It's truth. It's powerful. If you can connect with it and say, this is wisdom. This is true. This is power. What is, what, matter of fact, what is wisdom to you? Wisdom is, well, it's not really generally being smart. I'd say that it's you having, well, experience, knowing what's right or wrong. Being wise is different from somebody who's clever. Like, say Einstein. You could say Einstein was real. He, he was really smart. He made probably one of the most, one of the most breakthrough equations in science, e equals mc squared. It may seem, so like, may seem like something small, but it's actually pretty big in the world of science, what he did and what that equation is. Right. 
But you wouldn't exactly call him wise. See, the wise person is one who makes the, not just smart, but makes the smart decisions. Absolutely. It's perfect that you say Albert Einstein. So you have this man who's endowed with intelligence and has smarts on a, a great level. But then we look at him allowing his smarts and his intelligence to create the atom bomb or be part of the creation of the atom bomb. And that's not wisdom. That, that one invention or one discovery, I would say, not invention, that one discovery created most of the devastating impacts that we see in society today. Right now, they're still having debates and conversations about who has nuclear weapons and who doesn't. All of this stuff happened by a few smart men who had smarts but not wisdom and allowed their smarts to be used in a way that causes destruction and chaos. Yeah. You see that? Mm-hmm. It's, it's excellent that you, you brought him up because we're supposed to be attending to wisdom. It's not just a matter of knowing everything. It's knowing what to do with everything you know. What's the use in learning math if you don't know how to apply it? What's the use in learning how to read if you don't know how to apply it? I did a podcast called Living Comprehension. It's a real good one. But it's you building off the precept or the concept of a lot of kids know how to read because they memorize words. But they don't have reading comprehension. So they'll read the whole page and then you ask them what it's about. And they're like, one second, I got to read it again. Because they know how to say the words they see, but they don't know how to understand the words they say. Right? Yeah. I noticed that when you read, you read very comfortably. But I would challenge you, like, how good are you at comprehension? Challenge yourself with that. Because if you are reading the Word of God and you read it so clearly, and you read it in a way in which you are respecting the commas and periods and stuff, as a lot of people don't do that. They just read, they, they're like driving right through a red light. So they just read right through commas and stuff. There's no pauses. They're like, my son attend unto my wisdom. And you're like, wait a minute, you're missing some of the nuance just because you're not creating pauses. My son, attend unto my wisdom and bow thine ear to my understanding. You understand that. That's a, a, a means of wisdom. It's, but in the spiritual context, knowing God's word, reading God's word is not the same as understanding it. Understanding it allows us to apply it to the many moving and different variables of our lives. Is there scripture in the Bible about getting A's, B's, C's, or D's? No, there's not. No, there's not. But we can uh, take the word <clears throat> and understand how the scriptures apply to our life, even when it isn't explicitly written. You get that? Yeah. Yeah. So I love that he says, bow thine ear. I love the word bow because it's almost like he's saying, humble yourself to listen even when you don't feel like you want to. Bow, humble yourself, even when you think you know it all. See, part of growing up is, you know, if you're, and you do bear a lot of resemblances to how I was the kid, we know a lot. And sometimes you can know more than even your parents and the people around you. 
And it can be harder for you to listen to people you feel you know more than. But one thing I didn't understand is why I might have known more out of the encyclopedia than my mother. I didn't know more than what she knew from God. And so while I threw away everything she said because I didn't think she was smarter than me, I missed out on the wisdom that would have saved my life from some of the decisions I made. Thank God I wised up and decided to be present in the word. But do you get what I'm saying? Yes. It's a lot of things. I've been called smart my whole life. I was a straight C student. Straight C's. Never, never really got A's or B's because I never really was present. Went to school every day, wasn't present. Couldn't find a way to be in something because I thought that in order to be in it, I had to be interested in it. And I wasn't interested in a lot. Same way with church. My parents would have to come and wake me up three, four times to get ready for church. But when I had an opportunity to go to the museum and draw the sculptures, I was up wide awake early on Saturday morning or Thursday. They have free Thursdays. And I would get dressed and I would make sure that I was there. Why? Because I moved according to my interests. He's saying, it doesn't matter your interests, bow. Bow. You understand, like you, you read a lot of stuff. So what, what does bowing symbolize? Well, bowing basically symbolizes basically a way of showing a person or like say a higher up, somebody that you serve that. Now, like you would give like you would give your all to them. Like bowing in my head, it would balance between saying that you surrender to somebody or as we just said that you were ready to serve them, to give yourself at all time. Because we just watched a movie about basically, yeah, about a time where bowing would symbolize a person's respect, a person's ability to, to give their life, to serve somebody higher than them, and it shows it by bowing, because you know that by bowing, you're showing somebody that you're really to kneel for them. Yeah. You're ready to give them your all, to do whatever you want, whatever they want, whatever that needs to happen, and you're to ready to give them. Them. Yeah, to and honor them. And it's a gesture of honoring. So when we look at, he's saying, bow thine ear to my understanding. A lot of people bow to God or worship God or genuflect or have a gesture of honor to God. How, Solomon? Praise and worship, we wave our hands. Yeah. What else we do in praise and worship? Well, normally during the songs, I sometimes see granddad dance around. There's a lot of dancing. There's a lot of hallelujahs. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, lords. Right? Yeah. We worship you. We honor you. Some people even bow. But all of those gestures of worship are not as important as the gesture of not just bowing your body, but bowing your ear and your mind and your heart to God. How? To his under, to understanding him. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Putting everything underneath, prioritizing and honoring understanding. I, I, I don't find it cute that people go to church anymore. I don't think that's a great thing. I don't, I don't see it as a, a hallmark of a Christian. What I see as a hallmark of a Christian is that they prioritize and create a preeminence for understanding God more than genuflecting to God or giving him gestures. It's kind of like buying a gift for somebody you don't understand. So have you ever received a bad gift before? 
Where uh, somebody gave you a gift and you're like, I don't even like this. So they didn't even know who I was. No? It was oh. going to happen soon. <laughs> All right? Probably. Yeah. Because people don't know all your likes and interests. Interests, they get a little more complicated as you get older. Right now, everybody knows Solomon likes video games. Yes. It becomes a simple thing. But getting to know you and understand you as you grow starts to change. And sometimes somebody might actually get you a video game based off the fact they knew you liked it 10 years ago. So this person knows you, but they don't understand you now. So people read the Bible and they know about God. But they don't understand who he is now because they haven't bowed their ear to what? Understanding. Mm-hmm. When you're reading the Bible, I don't want you just reading it just to read it. I want you to take the scriptures and, and pay attention to them so you can understand them. When you're listening to the pastor preach or me preach or me even talk to you right now. You got to stay present, even though you, you're yawning and you kind of, it's hard to stay focused, but you got to stay focused and give yourself an opportunity to understand. And the only way you'll do that is if you honor the power of understanding. Mm-hmm. We honor the power of breathing. So we make sure we breathe. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. If I told you, hey, stop breathing for a sec, you'd be like, I, I ain't stopping breathing. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I, I could I could just like hold my breath for a second. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And I can go a second without God's word, but I can't go too long. I need it. Like the air I breathe. Yeah. And when I don't get it, I suffocate. In the same way I would if I didn't get the proper amount of air. Right? Yeah. Let's dig a little deeper. There's this awesome passage of scripture, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12 through 15. And I love this, and I want to make sure you get all of this, man. Let no man despise thy youth. What is, what is Paul saying? He's saying, <clears throat> he's saying, let no man hate on you for being young or take for granted your youth. I'm not taking your youth for granted and thinking, Solomon doesn't need to know God's word. Or that Solomon can't even sit here and have a, a conversation on the podcast with me. I'm not despising your youth in that way. I understand your youth is not your weakness. It's your advantage. Even for God, people think that you being young is, a, is disqualifies you from connecting to God. That's not true. Jesus was your age when the scriptures say that he grew in stature and in faith, and in power. Do you understand? Yeah. That's what I'm expecting of you. I don't take it for granted. I don't despise your youth. Why? He says, but be thou an example of the believers. He's, he was expecting Timothy to not use his youth as an excuse. He said, even at your age, you should be an example of what, Solomon? Of the believers. How? In word, in conversation. What's conversation? Talking. Nope. In this context, conversation means behavior. Oh, yeah. behavior. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that because <clears throat> we, we have a certain official definition for a word in America. But from this translation, conversation means behavior. All right? Mm-hmm. So go ahead and start again and replace conversation with behavior and finish the rest of them. In word, in behavior, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. He said, I'm expecting all of that from who? The old preacher? 
the old minister, the 37 year old minister. Right? Yeah. No, he's he's not just expecting it from us. He's expecting it from the 13 year old. Cute as can be. <laughs> Handsome. Aww. Right? He's expecting it from Solomon Thomas. Yeah. At 13, he's expecting for you to be an example of the believers. You know? Mm-hmm. In word, in the things that you say. Remember, we was talking about that, how you engage with your sisters, right? Mm-hmm. In word, he's expecting you to be an example. In behavior, he's expecting for you to be an example. In charity, in love, in benevolence, in spirit. That means that even in the way that you connect and are present, in spirit, in faith, the way that you believe, in purity, the way that you carry yourself, your integrity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What is integrity? Integrity is who you are when no one's there. When no one can see who you are. Got it? Got it. Then in 13, he says, tell I come. So he's, he's talking as an elder. He's talking how your parents would talk. If they, when my parents would go to the grocery store, they wouldn't take us after a certain age. And it's because Suzanne was old enough to kind of watch over us. Our, my older sister. And they would say, till I come, I want you guys to do this, this, and this. Instead, when they left, the cat's away, the mice will play. We usually was joking on each other, fighting with each other, laughing, playing, and then all of a sudden try to scurry and do the things they told us to do. But Paul left him instructions, left Timothy instructions. He said, till I come, what does he say? Give attendance to reading exhortation to doctrine. Look at that. He said, give attendance to reading. Be present in these duties. He's saying this to a young man, but this is for all believers. All believers should be present in doing these things devoted to. That's what that means. Devoted to reading the word. Exhortation means encouraging people with the word. And what? And doctrine, the understanding of the word. Mm. Do you get you get that? That's yeah. your job. You got to implement that into your already busy life of school. Yes, you need to implement that because even as a young man, these things are responsible. These things are a vital part of your growth. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. You don't want to end up just out here. Playing with word, playing with knowledge, and not having the wisdom to know how to use it, you'll create the atom bomb for your life and watch it destroy you. Mm. True. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. What do you think about that? What do you think? Do you feel that, that God's word is vital to your life? Yeah, it, it pretty much is. Because, well, there's this one scripture, unfortunately, I forgot what it was, but it's all good. But it was something that drove me because about one summer, I was at Granny Granite's before they got <laughs> this new one. I yeah. was on the computer and I started searching up scriptures for laziness because I found out one of the major problems that I had was laziness, was sloth, being not, not being willing to do things. Mm-hmm. It's like letting my flesh, just like letting everything is like, oh, I don't want to do that. Let me just lay here. And I found a scripture. I, I forgot what it was, but I'm pretty sure it goes on the line that the man 
who plows his field, the one that that the one that puts his seeds in the ground, the one that waters it, the one that does all the work, he will receive more more bountiful than the man that decides that he doesn't want to do it, that he'll just lay around and wait for it. The man who does the work, who puts the effort into it, even though his body, even though he doesn't want to do it, that he puts he gives it his all and sends energy into it, he will receive bountiful. You reap what you sow. And the man who does nothing, who prepares for nothing, will receive nothing but weeds, dirt, sand, nothing. It's interesting that you bring that up too. So we're talking about energy there. But energy goes along with what we're saying with attendance. He's saying, don't just be present. Be present with the energy in which you engage. You might not want to, but like you said, if I put that energy into it, I'm going to get that energy out of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Reap what you sow. Isn't When people teach it, they're talking about you do wrong, you get wrong. You do right, you get right. But I would be more connected to the idea of what is the energy that I'm putting towards God and his word. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yep. And whatever that energy that I'm putting into that word, to understanding it, to honoring it, to respecting it, to obeying it. I'm going to receive that energy back. Do you get what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. of the, not just, not because God is watching and he wants to match my energy, but because his promises are connected to my energy. He said, there's a scripture that says, he will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on him. Think about it. He ain't talking about something you can just do without having that right energy in it. He said, you need to keep your mind stayed on me. He didn't say you can stand in the mirror and say Jesus five times and I'll keep you in perfect peace. (laughs) It often isn't the routine thing, but it's the person who has moved beyond routine and is present. Who is not trying to worship God on autopilot, but who's present who takes autofocus off and puts it on manual focus and makes sure that they are putting themselves in a position to really give themselves to God's word. And then they can watch God's word give itself back to them. He said, he'll keep you in perfect peace, but your mind not stayed on him. So if your mind not stayed on him, you're not going to have what? Perfect peace. So we see people who are sad. We see people who are depressed. And we think that their issues are the things that made them sad and depressed. But in all actuality, it's the fact that they don't have perfect attendance. They are more attentive and attending to their pains and their hurts than they are to the healer of those pains and hurts. Even when they pray to God, they are praying at the altar of pain and hurt. (laughs) How? Because even when they're talking to God, they're only talking to him about what hurts them, what pains them. They're never really in pursuit to get to know God. They're in pursuit to get to know his hand. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. It's like when you are bugging your mother, but you don't, you're not asking her questions to get to know her. You're asking her questions to get what you want. So you're like, mom, mom, mom. She's like, okay, what do you want? Can I have a cookie? You did all that for a cookie? Do you know what I'm saying? It would be different yes. than if you said, ma, 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 ma. And she's like, what? And you're like, how was your day? It's crazy, right? Yeah. Can you, can you think of how many times you say, ask your mother, how was her day? I pretty much ask her that 
like if I, if I think about it, I ask her that a kid often, often. Normally, I, she would ask, she I would come in the door and she was like, "How was your day? Like, good. How was yours?" She would say, "Really good." I'm like, "Okay, how was the girls?" And she was like, "Yeah, they were really good." Or she would say, "Very no, not good at all." Yeah, yeah. But that, but that's good. That's good. You should want to know and learn more about her and your father. Do you understand? And then transpose that to learning and wanting to know more about God. Not just talking to them out of courtesy. A lot of times I say, how are you to people? I'm just saying it because that's what we, we do as people. So it becomes a, a non sequitur, as they would call it. It becomes just a part of our everyday banter, small talk, back and forth. You know what I mean? But it's mm-hmm. not intentional. I'm not really concerned with how they are because when they say fine, I move on. And if they say they're not good, I'm not prepared for that. I'm looking like, yeesh. Didn't know I didn't want all that. Just, <laughs> just as being uh, cordial, right? Yeah. But that's the reality is that we have to kind of up the connection that we have with God and match the energy so that we can reap from that energy. So mm-hmm. we can reap from those promises. He said, look, he said, uh, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Do you hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you have that thing where, He's asking for this energy of love. And he says that that way that you show that energy is through obedience. But there's a ton of people who don't really love God, even though they say it, because while they're saying it, they're not obeying his word. They're saying words, but they're not obeying the words he said. Do you understand? Yeah. Yeah. That's why perfect attendance is so important because I want you to always look at it as, am I honoring God in all things? It's good that I can stay awake. It's good that I can talk about the word. It's good that I can sit and have a podcast with uncle mm-hmm. and learn. But am I really honoring what the wisdom that God is sharing? Am I really prioritizing understanding his word? And that's the hallmark of the Christian. And like I said, I'm talking to a 13-year-old about this, but I could be literally talking to a 63-year-old. Because they, no matter where they are, 18 or 80, as the saying goes, no matter where they are in their life, the constant war that we're having is what do we honor? What is calling us out and saying our name and we're saying present to? You know? Mm-hmm. Is God calling you and calling your name and you say, present? Or is the world calling you? Say Solomon Thomas and you're like, present? Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now when your teacher does attendance, you got to ask yourself, am, I know I'm here, but am I really here? When you walk into church and you sit down and you hear the, the piano player and you hear the singers and you hear the pastor preaching, you always ask yourself, I'm here. I'm here enough to hear, but am I really here? And do I hear enough to understand? Right? Mm-hmm. I know that's a lot of hears. Yeah, there's really a lot of hears. <laughs> so then he says, 14, because we do this, because we are perfect attendance, he says, you can't even neglect the gift that is in you. He said, do not neglect the gift that is in you. That's part of perfect attendance. 
it's a sad thing, uh, Solomon, when I see people who have the abilities to really make an impact in the kingdom and help people, but they're neglecting their gift because they're not really here. They're not really present in what God is saying. They say they're Christian, but they're not really in Christianity. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. It would be like saying that you're a basketball player and people ask, where do you play? And you say, I don't play on the team, but I'm a basketball player. Like, how do you know you're a basketball player? Well, I go and I play basketball every day. Yeah, but you're not a part of a team and you're not doing the duties of a person on a team. So can you really call yourself a basketball player? Player, Right? Mm-hmm. That's the challenge you got to ask for yourself. Am I neglecting the gifts that God has given me? You have an ability to talk about the word, to share it. You're very articulate, even at your young age. But are you using it? When you go to school, do you find that the world can silence you? Just by its sheer majority. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, I'm not even talking about peer pressure looks differently. Yeah. I'm not talking about just people getting you to do things. Can they get you to shut up? You know? Can they get you to, to put your light away? You might not do nothing. I was that type of kid. I was a church kid. I ain't do a lot. But I sure enough ain't do enough for God. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not so much not having normal conversations. You want to talk about manga and anime and stuff? You Have at it, bro. But I'm saying when the time comes for you to shine your light, and we always know those times, by the conversations we have, by the behavior that we condone in ourselves and in others. Do you understand? Even people bring up certain things, and I, I should have been better at a young man to say, I might not have to say, hey, guys, I don't want to have this conversation, but I won't have that conversation. Instead, I tried to act like I was a part of the conversation. Mm. Try to connect myself in the conversation, knowing that this is not a conversation I should engage in or even make myself to seem like I'm interested or okay with this conversation. Do you smell where I'm cooking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- th- those are part, that's part of us neglecting our gifts. That we were given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. So he's saying in the, in the church, that's what, that's what that means. He says in the church, people laid hands on you and they prophesied who God called you to be. And he says, now I need you not to neglect the things that God called you. You know? Mm-hmm. I believe that God called you to this walk of a Christian before you even had the choice to do it. I see it in you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that this is part of what Paul is saying. He's saying, we got we to encourage you to not neglect that gift, to use it. Because I'm telling you, when we silence ourselves, we take the best part of us away. Take the best part of us away. That's why I'm doing this podcast, you know? You know? Yeah. That's why I write. I'm working on that book. That's why I'm making music. I'm using every avenue I can with the things that I never even chose for my life. I'm using everything that God gave me to do what? Exhort and teach and encourage because that's the gift 
that I can't neglect. Why should I neglect it? Because I can't make no money doing it. That's crazy, right? Mm, yeah. It's crazy. It's sad. It really is. 15 says, meditate upon these things. Give thyselves wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Do you, you, you see that, right? He says, meditate upon these things. He's telling you to be in attendance to them. Part of the reason why you struggled in that math class is because you were in the class, but you weren't there. And then when you left the class, you never brought yourself back to the place of learning outside of the classroom. See, meditation allows us to take the classroom wherever we go. go. Meditation allows us to take God wherever we go. Meditation allows us to take the church wherever we go. So when you find it, when you're not in church and you're not in school, you're not paying attention to those things, that's because you left those things on a desk or on the pew. Right? Right. <laughs> I, you have this thing where when I say something that's like interesting, you just like, hmm, touche. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, but I also want you to like verbalize, okay? So... um. Yeah, he says we got to meditate on these things. He said, and then he tells us in a semicolon to define it. He says, give ourselves wholly to them. W-H-O-L-L-Y. Have you heard that word before? No, I have never heard that before. So holy means entirely. So he's telling us just what I said. I said the entire person is not just body, but it's mind. He says, give yourself not just in body, but also in mind. Give your full self to something. He says, give your full self to what I just said. How do you how do you give your full self to it? Well, giving your full self, like you said, it's not just physical. Like you could take an athlete. You can like they could have like the best, like most athletic body in the world. They could like you could have a person who's great at running, who has the fastest legs, the fastest reaction time, the the, the most slim body, the most enduring body, but if they're not going to give it all into a race, they're not going to they're not going to make any use of it. Like mm. Usain Bolt, he he he's a he's an amazing athlete. Yeah, he is one of the Olymp he has won gold medal in the Olympics multiple amounts of times, and he deserves it because he doesn't he doesn't just put it in physically because he does have a because he does have a body well fit for running, but he puts his heart into it. He <laughs> loves what he does. Yeah, he loves running track. He he loves it. He enjoys it. He he enjoys people rooting for him. The, the, the sport, he enjoys it all. He enjoys yeah. doing it. So he, he just, let's, but let's even talk about Tom Brady even. Since it's, you know, the week before the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? We're talking about somebody who doesn't, in the same way, doesn't necessarily look like an athletic person. They, they always show his draft picture. And he's like, he has zero muscle. Do you just say it? He doesn't look like he's really connected, like in a football way. Like he doesn't like he's in the gym, like knocking it out. But his head isn't in. Oh, I just hit my microphone. His head is in the game. I mean, he's a student of the game. And then sometimes your talent, your physical talent can take you places, but it won't take you as high as what happens when you give your mind to something. You become a student of it, not like seminary school. We're not talking about going to Bible school and learning those scriptures. So instead of saying, I forgot where this is at, 
but you know the the Bible, you know the address and everything. There's tons of people who can quote that stuff. We're not talking about that. We talk about people who eat, sleep, and drink it, right? Mm-hmm. We're not talking about people who nibble, nap, and sip. We got a lot of nibble, nap, and sip Christians. We talk about people who eat, sleep, and drink it. When you do that, Solomon, you're you're that Usain Bolt of Christianity. Do you understand? Yeah. As, as the scripture says, he said, if I run a race, I'm running to win. I'm not just running and getting a participation trophy. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm not wasting time. He said, I run as one who wants to win the prize. That's what you're saying. You can have a body slim and fit, like you said, built for running. But if your heart not there, if your mind not in it, if you can't sacrifice mentally, you'll never have an edge on everybody else. You'll be the tortoise in the hare. The hare was designed to run, but lost the race. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Solomon, he was, he was designed to run, Solomon, but lost the race because his mind, because his mind. Mine wasn't in it. Mine wasn't in it. Man. So this is this is this was fun. And to close out this scripture says first Corinthians seven thirty five. And Paul was talking to them about not marrying. He said, because their their interests would be divided. But thirty five always hits me and he says, And this I speak for you for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely. And that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. Without distraction. He says, it's not that I don't want, I want to burden y'all with not getting married. He says, I'm just trying to give you an understanding that above all things, you should be attending, present, connected to the Lord without distraction. And the question we could ask our married folk is, how can you be, have perfect attendance with God while attending to a marriage? question we can ask you is how do you have perfect attendance to God while attending school while attending your family do you understand these are questions we gotta ask ourselves challenge ourselves with perfect attendance episode 96 Forest Hall Solomon Thomas how you feel bro good really good good? that was fun yeah it was fun it was amazing we might have to do this again we probably will do this again (laughs) we probably definitely will do this again I'm Forrest Hall's Real Church Matters. Solomon here. Bye-bye. Bye.